Good morning, my friend. It is early on a Sunday morning, 16 July 2023. It's about 6 o'clock in the morning, coming at you a little bit later than normal, but I hope that you have an amazing day. It's the Lord's Day. I hope you get out and worship with your folks and maybe get a little rest today. Don't just work yourself to death. Hey, two days away from book launch for Hope is the First Dose. We have had some incredible episodes of the podcast lately. And the one on Friday, I think of the almost 900 podcast episodes that I've recorded, I I think it's in my top five. We had a great talk with Dr. Alicia Britt Scholey about her book, The Night is Normal, that's also releasing on Tuesday. And listen, this is a tremendous book, okay? The Night is Normal. If you haven't listened to that talk, go listen to it. She'll give you a big dose of hope right in the arm where you need it. So go back to Friday if you haven't heard that one yet, please, and check it out. Uh, great conversation with Elisa Britt Scholey, who also, by the way, is a great writer that you should be reading. So today, we're going to do just one little thing. It's Sunday. I want to give you some quiet time. We had an interview on Friday with Chris Fabry of the Moody Radio Network, and one of my favorite interviewers I've I've ever been with. It's the third time I've had a conversation with him. Way back in 2014, he had me on the show to talk about No Place to Hide, and then in 2020, he had me on his show to talk about I've seen the interview, and then then Friday we got together, and he asked me a question about a particular word that I wrote in Hope is the First Dose, my new book. He asked me a question, a word he had not heard before. This longtime radio commentator um, said he just somehow missed this particular word in his life, and he it, it stuck with him when I wrote it, and he wanted to talk about it. So today I'm going to give you just a little, a little conversation about something that I call equipoise. Equipoise is this state of being balanced or back to neutral, back to the, the level ground after something has been up or down. You get back to where it has always been. And I wrote a line, emotional equipoise, in the in the book, emotional equipoise. So we're going to talk about emotional equipoise today. We're going to have a little music from the playlist, and we're going to talk about hope is the first dose because it's Sunday. And every Sunday, I try to give you a little dose of self-brain surgery and hope and ways that you can change your mind so you can change your life. And the good news is, you can start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you'd like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. All right, we're going to jump right in. So back when Kaylin, our youngest daughter, was in high school, she 
was she was a great kid. She is a great kid. Um, now she's grown with a master's degree and a husband and all that stuff. But but in high school, she was the one when she went out on a date. She would bring the boy to our house and we would play board games. We would hang out and and she would make sure that we knew who she was spending time with. And there was this one kid that she dated that came over, and I would always have something up my sleeve to to try to throw these kids off a little bit. I wanted to put them under a little bit of stress, right? I didn't ever clean guns in front of anybody, but I always tried to come up with something to sort of shake these guys up a little bit and make sure they were the kind of guys that I would want spending time around my daughter. And this one kid that came over, I can't even remember his name now, he was a nice young man, engineering student from what I can remember. And we were going to play board games. And, and what I said was, okay, here's the rules of my house. I'm like young man, in our house, when it comes your turn to play, you have to sing a show tune from your favorite Broadway musical. And the sound was like a record scratching. Like it came to a halt. And he turned out didn't know any musicals, like didn't know any show tunes. And I said, well, well that's a non-negotiable. You have to sing a show tune. So he got on his phone and looked up some stuff. And Kalen helped him find a musical. And we made this kid sing <laughs> a little bit from Guys and Dolls, which is my all-time favorite musical. And so um, anyway, that was, a, that was a fun evening we had and embarrassed this kid a little bit. But he had a actually pretty nice singing voice. So that reminded me of when I was talking to Chris Fabry and we were talking about equipoise. I remember that story because I remember the very first time I noticed the word equipoise was in a song called Fugue for Ten Horns on the Guys and Dolls soundtrack. I got the horse right here, the name is Paul Revere, and here's a guy that says if the weather's clear, can do, can do, this guy says the horse can do, if he says the horse can do, can do, can do. I'm picking Valentine, cause on the morning line, the guy's got him figured at five to nine. But make it epitaph, he wins it by a half. According to this, here in the telegraph. For Paul Rivera, bite, I hear his foot's all right. Of course, it all depends if it's red last night. I know it's Valentine, the morning works look fine. You know the jockey's brother's a friend of mine. And just a minute, boys, I got the feedbox noise. It says the great grandfather was Equipoise. I told you, Paul Revere. My great grandfather was Equipoise. We had that song. We were singing the parts. That, that that song is incredibly well written. The the four the three guys sing their own verse at the same time, and they're singing over each other and we, sort of weaving back and forth of these horses that they're going to gamble on. And and uh, the one the one guy says, "Hey, wait! I've got some feedbox noise." This horse's grandfather was equipoise. That's the first time I ever remember hearing that word, and it made me want to know what it meant. Earlier when I gave you the definition, I I see it as this sort of returning to some sort of balanced state, getting back to a a balanced position. The, The real definition of equipoise is equality in distribution as a weight relationship or emotional forces, equilibrium. Okay, a, a counterpoise, a counterbalance, an equal distribution of weight, equality of weight or force, just a balance, a state in which the two ends or sides of things are balanced or kept in equilibrium, as in hold the scales in equipoise. Does that make sense? Equipoise?
what I wrote in Hope is the First Dose, right there at the start on, on page seven, I wrote this. If the human nervous system obeyed classical physics, then an infinitely crushed, sad, or hopeless person could reach emotional equipoise only by obtaining an infinite amount of happiness. But it doesn't work like that. Grief and pain put us into a paradoxical world in which Jesus told us that we will have trouble but also that he came to give us abundant life. And you can have both. But just like the line from the old Sinatra song, Love and Marriage, you can't have one without the other. That's the line, emotional equipoise. And I'll tell you why I thought about that. Somebody gave me a book called 10% Happier, not long after. Or, or I, think, I don't think they gave it to me. They recommended it to me, and I ended up reading it. And it wasn't long after I lost Mitch. That, that I read that. And the, the whole premise of this guy, Dan Harris's book, is that if you learn how to meditate and kind of calm your mind down and filter out some of this negative thinking, that you can basically make yourself about 10% happier. And for him, that was enough. Just a little bit happier made him able to calm down the crazy and get his brain under control. And for him, it was like stop using drugs and it kind of kind of made his life a little better. And that was enough for him. But he hadn't gone through the same kind of massive thing that I had. He hadn't lost his son. He had just struggled with anxiety. And not to minimize that, anxiety can be a crippling thing. But but there are some massive things, friend, that you can go through that 10% happier wouldn't be enough to make your life have any meaning or make you have any sort of sense that it was going to be okay again because you're not 10% sadder when your wife leaves you. You're not 10% sadder when your husband gets glioblastoma. You're not 10% sadder when your child dies. You're not 10% sadder when your dream dies. It's, it's more than 10%. It's, it's infinite. And it's this quantum world where you're as sad as you can possibly be, but you still need to have meaning and purpose and maybe even happiness again. And you know, like we talked about yesterday, you're never going to stop being the one thing, but you still need to be the other thing at the same time. You've got to have both. And that's why emotional equipoise... My, my point was, if you're infinitely sad, you would need an infinite amount of happiness just to get back to where you started. But of course, that's not how it works in our life. We don't get to some place where we just find balance between, we don't define a meaningful life as having had an equal number of bad and good experiences, right? And that's the whole point of hope is the first dose. You can't find your way through life. And have it mean something and find any sort of quality to it. If you think that your hope and your happiness and your faith and your grit and your resilience and all those things depend on circumstances playing out in a certain way, you can't. It doesn't work like that. You're going to have probably numerous, hopefully not infinite, but certainly numerous TMTs or massive things in your life. You're going to. It's just That's just the way it is. Jesus promises in this world you're going to have trouble. And he doesn't ever say anywhere, you're only going to have one trouble in your life and everything else will be okay. He never said that. And I'm sorry to break this to you also, but I saw somebody else again post it on social media this week. People frequently say, I know God won't give me more than I can handle. And I'm sorry, friend, but that's bad theology. It's not true. God will sometimes allow more in your life than you can handle. And that's the point. The point is for you to need him, to hold on to him, to find that floor, that solid ground, grab onto that kava, that rope to hold on and pull out of the pit of despair because you need him, because you can't handle it. 
So we got to be careful with the theology that we preach to ourselves. That idea, that notion, that little mini heresy that you that God won't give you more than you can handle is based on a misreading of 1 Corinthians 10, 13, which says, when you're tempted, God will never let you be tempted beyond your ability to bear it, and he will always provide a way of escape. And that is true, and you know it's true. Every time you're about to do something that's wrong or sinful or potentially harmful or that you're going to regret later, there's a little nudge in your heart. There's a little opening. There's a little reminder, a text message, something happens, and you get just a tiny second where you can say, wait a second, maybe I shouldn't make this decision. There's always something that happens that gives you an opportunity not to re, not to give in to that temptation. You you try to open the twelfth bag of Cheetos and, and it's hard to open for a second. You got to go get a pair of scissors to open it. That's the window. That's God saying, "I glued this one extra tight so Lee, you wouldn't eat this twelfth bag of Cheetos today." But then you know what? Sometimes I ignore that and I go get the scissors. I've never done that. I've never used scissors to open Cheetos. I'm just joking. But I'm just saying, there's always a nudge, and sometimes we choose to blow through that nudge. And over time, the Holy Spirit will stop talking to you about it. If you could persist in that thing, He will stop bothering you about it and let you have your own way. That's what that scripture is about, not that God will never allow anything in your life that's too big for you to carry. Paul said that. God, God, I begged him to remove that thorn in the flesh, and he said, my power is perfected in your weakness. Grace is sufficient for you. Sometimes, friend, you will get something bigger than you can handle. And I'm just here to tell you that this idea of equipoise is not what we're shooting for. Emotional equipoise would require... If we have an infinite TMT, it would require an infinite amount of good circumstances to come along to balance them out, and it just doesn't happen that way. So what we're striving for is not emotional equipoise. We are striving for a life that's built on things other than circumstances that can be taken away from us. Does that make sense? Okay, that's the whole point of today's episode. (laughs) Chris Fabry asked me what in the world is emotional equipoise, and I want to talk about two other things. There was an, there is an artist, a, a singer named Sarah Giroux. She plays mandolin and mandocello and all those cool eight-stringed instruments that I love so much. At least they got me a beautiful mandolin one time. And I just love it. I love bluegrass and all that. And she has a song called Come On Up to the House. And it's actually a, a Tom Waits song. But her version of it was our favorite. It was one of Mitch's favorite songs. And, and Kaylin and Mitch and Lisa and I had tickets to see Sarah Giroux in London one time. And we didn't get to go. Something came up and Lisa, our, with our practice, and as always seemed to happen, Lisa and I didn't get to go. Lisa's sister Jessica rode across uh, on the plane with Kaylin, and um, Mitch didn't even end up even going on that trip. Um, her cousin Grant went with her instead. So Kaylin got to spend part of a summer at Oxford University when she was in high school, which is an amazing blessing for her and Grant. Um, but we didn't get to go see Sarah Jaros. That's a side detour on this story. But we had tickets to see her because we loved this song, Come On Up to the House, so much. And I mentioned in, in passing a line from that song in the book when I said, Come down off the cross, we could use the wood. Tom Waits wrote this beautiful passage about how somehow, sometimes we hang ourselves up on the cross and we ought to get down and get back to work. Come on up to the house, he says. 
and stop victimizing yourself. Stop making yourself the victim here. We need that wood to burn to make a fire in the house. It's just a funny line from the song. Here it is. Down off the cross, we could use the wood, Lee. I wrote that in the book because I was realizing there were times after we lost Mitch that I was sort of victimizing myself. Like Mark Brogap says, we individualize suffering. We fail to recognize that other people around us are hurting too, and we make the whole thing about ourselves. And I was doing that, and you will too sometimes after your massive thing. And somebody needs to come alongside you like Sarah DeRose, and then remind you to come down off the cross. Like, like we need to remember that it's not all about us, right? So as we talked yesterday, there are some times when your trauma will lie to you and it'll make you feel like nobody's ever suffered like you have and nobody's ever felt what you have and nobody's ever been as sad as you are. And those things aren't true. And it's helpful to understand what we think so that we can find our way back, not to equipoise, but to this different parallel quantum path that we can be sad and we can learn to be happy again at the same time. I guess this episode is turning out to be three things I quoted almost in passing from the book that I'm glad other people are noticing. (laughs) Three things not to do after you have massive things happen in your life. So the first one, I guess, would be don't think that you have to get back to equipoise. Don't think that it's all about balance, that you need to balance out your sadness with an infinite amount of happiness because it just isn't possible. The second one is don't hang yourself up on on the cross because we need the wood. <laughs> Come down off the cross. It, don't make it all about you because it, that basically if you make it all about you, then as Pastor John told me in the chapel in the story that I tell in the book, you can turn your pain into an idol. And it can become the only thing that you can see or even worship in your whole life. And and you have to learn that you are suffering, but other people are suffering too. And the, and was led the way was our Savior who suffered on our behalf. And so we're all in this together. And that starts to help you see with different eyes. Like, yeah, humans are on this planet and we suffer. And thank God he's got a plan to redeem us from that. And I need to use my suffering to help heal and help other people find that that kavah, that rope, so we can all heal together, right? And the third thing is a line that I mentioned almost in passing from a Beatles song called Eleanor Rigby. And in that song, there's a woman named Eleanor Rigby, and it says she puts on a face that she keeps in a jar by the door. Waits at the window, wearing the face that she keeps in a jar by the door. So she, as she's walking out the door, she grabs a, a face, a smile to put on for other people so they don't see what she's really feeling. And that's, that's, that's bad too, friend. There's going to be times when you, you, you need to project a persona to the world that you're not hurting as badly as you are or that you're not able to be touched by this massive thing that you put your face back on. And David did that in the Old Testament when his son died. He immediately got up and washed his face and changed his clothes and called for something to eat. And he went back to work and all of his advisors were saying, wait a minute, what are you doing back at work? Your son just died. And he said, well, I can't do anything about it now. I might as well just go back to work. And what happened after that and his family was a disaster. I talk about it in the book. David's family ended up with the sword never departing their house because he didn't properly grieve and heal 
and he didn't manage his family through that. And thank God, Lisa and I had a, had a child still at home when we lost our son, because I think if we had this right in front of us, we had this responsibility to help Kalen make it through. And if we hadn't, I'm, we who knows what would have happened? We might have just sat there and been sad and, you know, ate Cheetos and drank too much and, and disappeared. We might have, because we wouldn't have had that that visible, tangible reminder that we still had a life to live and other people who depended on us. And, and I'm grateful that Kaylin was there. She needed us and we needed her. And that's the lesson for today, friend. Don't put a face on that you keep in the jar by the door. Tell the truth about what you're feeling and let other people come alongside you and heal. Go through the process and heal. And don't just strive for equipoise. And don't just get up on the cross and make that the rest of your life. Don't fake it and don't make an idol out of it. And don't think that you have to balance it by an equal number of good experiences because none of those things are achievable and none of them are the point. The point is to take a breath and take a step and move a little closer to the light and keep on working and keep on going and keep on hoping and dare to hope. We're going to finish this episode with a song from Sanctus Real. It's a new song called Dare to Hope. And it was sent to me by Dr. Ed Raditz. He's a, a listener and a reader from Sandusky, Ohio. And Ed, thank you for the shout out. I'm giving you a shout out because I appreciate you emailing and saying, hey, I love the Spotify playlist from pre-ordering the book, but there's one song you left out and you need this song dare to hope and you know it turns out ed was right dr ed thank you for this suggestion it's a great song friend i just wanted to chat with you for a few minutes today the book's coming out in two days i'm grateful that that waterbrook and penguin random house have come alongside us that lisa and i are able to tell this story and give you a treatment plan and three parts of it are don't fake it Don't have a a plastic face that you keep in a jar by the door. Don't hang yourself up on the cross and make the massive thing your entire life. You got to get down off the cross. We need the wood and we need you back in the fight to help other people find the rope so they won't fall off into the pit of despair, right? And don't think that it's all about just getting back to how you used to feel because guess what? You won't ever feel that way again. There's now something else in the mix with you. There's sadness and there's grief and there's pain and there's still joy and there's still purpose and there's still peace and there's still meaning and there's still life. And yes, you can be happy again. It'll be different. But just like Jesus came back from the dead, he still had those wounds, but those wounds turned out to be important for other people to find their way to. And they will for you, friend. And the last thing I'm going to mention is yesterday I did a a video on Instagram. Go check it out at Dr. Lee Warren on Instagram. And I was wearing a T-shirt. We just got our first batch of T-shirts. And we we put a website up on a a page on our website, wleewarnmd.com slash store. And our friend Heather Carson in Auburn has created a bunch of uh, T-shirts and cups and journals and stickers and stuff that go around some of the themes in the book and on the website. And I was wearing my It's Not Brain Surgery T-shirt from the Dr. Lee Warren podcast. So if you find one of those shirts that's inspiring to you and you send us a picture of you wearing the shirt and holding the book, uh, we'll send you a little something if you let us know what your address is. We'll send you a little little something for repping the podcast and repping the book, Hope is the First Dose. It's coming in two days. I hope it's helpful to you. It's not about emotional equipoise. It's about how to find your way back to hope and healing and peace and purpose and meaning and maybe even happiness again by changing your mind and changing your life through the power of self-brain surgery. And the good news is, my friend, on this Sunday, 48 hours before Hope is the First Dose is born out into the wild, 
is that you can start today. How do you pick up the pieces of a home that's torn apart? How do you believe for healing? For a grieving, broken heart It's only by the hope of Jesus That light bursts through the dark To meet us where we are Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. 
Healthyfoodsmarket.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery. Dr. Lee Warren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarnmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at TommyWalkerMinistries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them. TommyWalkerMinistries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.